I, I love being on stage. It's the most like myself that I ever am when I'm on stage with a guitar or whatever. Like, I just want to be up there and feel that feeling because I'm so uncomfortable in every moment of my normal life. So I packed my bags and I packed my acoustic. Then I moved to a town that is known for live music. Learned a cover or two so I know how to do it. Now I write my own songs. There's nothing to it. What's up, everybody? It's Sunday, August 11th. 2019, and this is singer-songwriter with Tom Meany. Sitting there drinking at the bar alone. Sharks come circle, want to take you home. Better not play coy, better not be mean. Boys will be boys and they are fragile things. They got names for the ones that talk back and the ones that wear those clothes. They got names for the ones that say yes and the ones that say no. How's it going, everybody? It is Sunday. It's nice and sunny and hot out. My guest today is coming from out of town, technically, and is a very, very talented singer-songwriter, a teacher, producer, filmmaker, and then there's something new that he's stepping into, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Andrew Delaney, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's good to be in Austin for a minute, I guess. I'm not, I'm not going to be here for too much longer today, but. Well, it's good to see you. I'm glad that we can uh, have a chat on the podcast because I've got a lot of things that I think I want to know from you. (laughs) Like and I got a lot of problems with you, Delaney. <laughs> I do have some problems with you. <laughs> so you uh, you were playing in Houston? Houston last night, a house concert, Stauffer Stars in Houston last night. Yeah. So it's you're all right. you're all over the place. And uh, you yeah. you typically cause I follow you. We're friends, but I also follow you obviously on on all the social media. So I know that you are playing lots of house shows, you're playing a lot of venues around Texas. You play all around the country, really, and you play with uh, people that I uh, respect tremendously. That's, um, yeah. So, That's and we'll talk about that a little bit too. I, I'm such a fan of what you do, and we've had a lot of talks about this. Um, I know that you have a different background when it comes to the way that you craft. You're a craftsman of songs. Thank you. And that fascinates me because I don't think of myself in that way. And um, a lot of times when I say that, people want to, no, Tom, you are, and pat me on the back. And I'm not doing it for that reason. I and I'm kinda, not going to do that I know for that you, you don't, Tom. which is one of the great things about <laughs> you. You will not pad my ego or anything like that. Um, but the reason I respect your songwriting so much, like I said, you are a craftsman, and I know only a handful of songwriters that I, I would put in the same kind of category as the way that right. you you're write. like, I, I always feel like you're like, you're a heart writer for sure. Like you, you come at it from, from the, the feelings kind of a thing. And I, you know, there are times when I really wish that I could do that, but I'm right. definitely more like a, like, like, I don't know, out of my brain kind of a person as opposed to I, and trying I, to write my feelings or whatever. I'm fascinated by that though, because it does not come to me. Not only, I'm not going to say it doesn't come to me easily. It doesn't come to me at all. Like, <laughs> I can try. I think and we're in that I, same boat right now, but yeah. <laughs> when I try, though, it just sounds like this guy's trying to sound like so-and-so. Or he's trying to sound clever, wordy, brilliant. But I, that never happens for me. But um, I want to talk more about all of the different aspects of Andrew Delaney as far as endeavors that you're... Yeah, I'm an, I'm an onion. <laughs> many many different <laughs> well you make people cry that's, but also that's many different levels uh w- so i've got kind of a list here and we can just 
hit little points here and there, but you're you're a singer songwriter, but you're an award winning singer songwriter. I have won an award or two. Yes, I've got I've gotten like like the accolades. They ask me to all of the contests, and they're like, "Oh no, thank you." Well, <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know that you know sometimes it's the the luck of the draw on who the judges are, how you hit them that day, what song did you sing, and no, I, you know yeah, you I, have a song about I, I, your I totally dog dying, and judge number two, their dog just died, then you're in there for sure. Right, but, right, right. Um, I, I, the fact that you have done all of these competitions and been invited to all of them speaks for itself. But um, one, the one that you won most recently is, in my opinion, the most difficult one to win. And that's Songwriter Serenade. And, that, and that's out in Moravia, Texas. Yeah, it took me, it still, it took me three tries on that one. It's a very, very difficult competition to win. And one of my favorites, and the reason is, one, it's free. No, so I mean, you, yeah, and, you know and, it's not a money making right. endeavor. It's it's it, Tom McDaniel is the guy who puts that on it, and uh, I th- I get the feeling that he really just loves songwriters, and he wants to have us around, and he wants to do good things for us, and he wants to be a he wants to be in the middle, right? Of it. He wants yeah. to party with us. Is, yeah, is really what it is, and I I, I I admire that. You know, I admire that in a rich guy, right. <laughs> like where he was like, you know what, I I, I want to be a patron of the arts, but I want to like get up in there, and that's right. what he does. And, you know? and the other thing that's cool is that this like uh, amongst many other competitions that are different, where you have to pay money to to get there, pay money to stay there, and pay money to enter. Yeah, I guess technically you need to pay money to get to. Yeah, yeah. Moravia, if you have to fly but, in or drive in or whatever, that's. The, but that's the only thing that you're on the hook for, right? They because they you put up. you up at that ranch and they feed you barbecue and it's fantastic. You no, know? the the fact that you don't have to pay that's kind of the biggest thing for me because I've been involved in ones where I believe truly after it was all said and done, uh, this is a money making venture. Think about the hopes and dreams of many young songwriters times twenty five each. Plus, some of them will enter multiple times. And yeah. um, if if the first prize doesn't seem to add up when it comes down to it, yeah, they're they're recording a EP for you, um, but there's no follow-up. You haven't heard anything from this person since then. Sometimes those things um, can be pretty profitable. So I, I, I like yeah, to... Uh, I, yeah, anything that sort of minds musicians, I'm sort of against. In addition to Songwriter Serenade, you've been to Kerrville. You're very involved with Kerrville and yeah. especially New Folk. Uh, you've been to Rocky Mountains Folk, Rocky Mountain Folks Fest. Yeah, did that one time. You've showcased at Falcon Ridge. Yeah. And most importantly, you've played the main stage at Kerrville. I, I did. Uh, so when it comes down to it, that trumps most things. <laughs> it was. Like, I, it, my, my story about that is that, like, uh, I, I, I didn't remember doing this until I was about to walk on stage at Kerrville, but I had set a calendar reminder on my phone when the gig got booked. And so like, I'm like putting my guitar on and my phone buzzes in my pocket and I pull it out and there's a calendar reminder that says the single greatest moment of your life. <laughs> and I, I, I thank past me <laughs> for yeah. doing that. I was like, Oh, you're a sentimental guy sometimes, Delaney. Well, for a lot of the folks in that Kerrville circle, that is kind of the pinnacle. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, know? for sure. And, and even so, considering new folk, right? This is the annual competition that happens um, out at the out at the ranch where they bring out thirty-two people. Mm-hmm. I've Every- also done that one three times. Yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> wants to win it. Yeah. Um, but. What's I mean the, the playing the main stage trumps that because I, I think do so. you believe that I you know what I don't because like I don't want to say this is greater than this or or whatever um I do like I mean for me it was sort of the only option because after I was in, after I lost the contest three times um it was pretty heartbreaking for me personally because it like it's this thing like you really want that particular pudding, right? Like you want that thing. And at a certain point, 
you're like, well, what if I, it was Casey Clifford, actually, uh, Casey Clifford was talking to me, uh, you know, Casey, right? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, I mean, she's big in the, in the scene, but I was, I was, uh, talking to her and she told me with the, the contest thing, it was like, you know, you don't need to chase this thing anymore. You should just try to play main stage. And so that's what I went for. And it was like one year after the last time that I lost the contest, I was on the main stage. So it was like, clearly she was 100% correct. Right. That like, yeah, the, the festival believed that I had, had sort of leveled up and it wasn't about who had the award and who didn't, you know, because. Well, I feel like the, the being asked to play main stage is the justification. Of, I mean, it, it basically should wash everything away. I, I, <laughs> it I don't... doesn't, though, because like, I'm, you know, I'm still super, super involved in that community. Right. And every year when the tour comes around, when the winner's tour comes around. I'm always still to this day, even though I don't enter the contest anymore, even though I've played the main stage, even though like I, feel well, I like, don't think you can enter anymore. Right. Once you play, I, I, you can, you can, oh, okay. people have, um, but like, I always feel like I'm missing out when that tour comes around because I'm like, Oh, I never got to do that. I never got to do that thing. I'll never be able to put that thing on my resume. So it like, it never quite goes away. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm glad that I did the main stage. And it's it was kind of a trade thing, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to graduate. But at the same time, you still, like, the thing is there. Like, it's very attractive. The winning is a huge uh, sort of motivator. And it feels unnatural to sort of, like, turn that off. and mm -hmm. be Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um so no, I still feel it every year. It, like every year they announce the winners and I am not one of them, even though I have not entered the contest. It's still, it's a, still a strange feeling, even though, I mean, it's almost always people that I know and admire at this right. point. But like, I just, I miss that. I miss chasing that thing. I, right. I miss that it's a thing that I'll never have. Well, I see you there, um, except for this for this year. I did not go this year. Which is sad because this was like the best weather yeah, I've I'm ever so seen at Kerrville. It. It so, so gorgeous. That I can't first remember. I had a gig or something. That There was some good reason for me not to be there. But typically, I see you there. We yeah, hang a little absolutely. bit. And we go um, to the announcement. And that's a weird place to be for me. I don't know what it is that gives me anxiety about being around that area where everybody is hanging out waiting. Oh to, man. To I find out. I like the energy there. Like that's, it's really become a big tradition to stand in that one particular place. Right. I now refer to it as the vigil at the tree of sadness. Yeah. The tree of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Which it's, officially I, I wasn't allowed to call it for a little while. And then, cause I'm like a mentor now there and I'm part of the new full camp and all that. So I wasn't allowed to call it that the first year and I just kept doing it. And if you do a thing more than two years in a row at Kerrville, it's a tradition that right. goes on until <laughs> the end of time. Right. So now that's what it is. And I'm excited to have been a part. Of well, it. I, that's, it's good that you mentioned that. Cause I wanted to talk about the fact that you mentor the folks at new folk. Yeah. Um, so we have talked about new folk on this podcast uh, on a few different episodes. So if we need, if you need to, to refresh your memory or, or understand more about that, go back to the, uh, the episode with Grace Pettis. But you um, will come back each year. At New Folk, there are 32 people that are invited out of hundreds and hundreds all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, and they most of them camp. Yes, I'm, in one particular camp. Right. And um, I don't do that, but most of them camp. I don't either. I, I like to make a point of saying how my butt will never touch the dirt in Kerrville, Texas, but, um, <laughs> what is it that brings you back to, to, to mentor? You know, it's, it's that community thing. And I, uh, I believe that the only way that the scene, particularly the folk scene and the songwriter scene is going to be more like I want it to be is to grab those people who are sort of, I mean, you see the new folk list and then you just follow the folk scene for the rest of the year and you'll just keep seeing those names. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. And so like 
Well, it's not weird. I mean, like it, it just happens because those are the people who are trying to do stuff. So I feel like if you kind of get in on the ground floor with people who are trying to do stuff, it helps to, if you have influence, if you're that friend, you know, uh, and you can help them, like the whole scene can be shaped from there into a thing that's more like what I want it to be. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's just a power trip for me. Well, but. do you, but do you, does it seem to you? Cause it seems to me like, okay, you, you said because they, it is filled with people that are trying to do stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But so you'll see the same people that were finalists at Kerrville. They'll um, be the finalists go in to, everything. Yeah. They'll go to songwriter serenade that year. They'll go to wildflower. They'll go to Colorado, which are multiple festivals out there. But it seems to me like it's, it is a wave, even if they're continually trying, it seems like it happens all in one and two, one or two years. And then they Some can continue like to try really stick around though. I think I've seen that, you know, where people kind of just keep expanding and, and whatever, but are there still things out there that you're trying to, to enter those type of contests and um you know i go for the official showcases at the at the things i i entered some contests this year and i didn't get into any of them so uh this was my i mean this is my first year since 2010 where that hasn't happened but i also haven't been writing a lot of new stuff so Mm -hmm. i don't you know i don't know my interests have been sort of skewing all over um i don't think i'm a worse songwriter but i think i'm worse at writing songs that get me into contests maybe just at the moment because i mean there's a lot of things that you're doing yeah, but I'm also like writing songs about Godzilla and stuff, right? And where it's just like <laughs> nobody wants to take that guy seriously. And I, I don't I don't blame them, but it's just it's what I'm interested in writing right now. It's is that sort of nerdy whatever stuff that I'm kind of into at this moment. So in addition to songwriting, I have a list like I mentioned before. You also teach. I do. And you teach uh, I teach songwriting uh, at, uh, they have this sort of continuing education program off of University of Texas, Arlington, um, where people come to learn skills. And uh, I am the songwriting teacher and I teach home recording there um, and uh, some like music business stuff. And in addition to that, you mentioned you teach home recording, which would lead me to your position as a producer right yeah so currently you've got two projects one which is they're done both basically done right yeah you want to talk about those a little bit yeah emily barnes has a record coming out any second now uh called rare birds that i was like really deeply involved in uh i met her via new folk and we got to talking and, and she was like, well, I haven't put out a record in a while. And I'm like, well, I would really like to produce someone like you. Like she's got, I mean, just this, this sort of one in a million kind of voice. It's really right. cool and interesting. And she's got a, she's a good writer. Yeah. Um, and she was sort of, I think maybe overwhelmed about the prospect of, of trying to make a record. And I was like, well, what if I just, did all the hiring and all of that and just just trust me and and she did like it took a minute but she decided okay i'm gonna trust delaney and i'm gonna go down to texas and we made this record in like three or four days and so emily's out of colorado she's a singer songwriter out of colorado those of you who have uh uh, been listening to me for the last six episodes and i've mentioned the dripping spring songwriters festival multiple times she will be there this year yeah. Uh, so you can check her out in October. And she's got a single out from the new record, a uh, song called Careful With My Heart, that's out on Spotify and stuff already. All right. And I'll put, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then the other one that you're working on, which you said is almost done, it's basically one more day of mixing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's actually, I don't even have to be there for that day. I've already sent in my notes and they're very specific and they're just like, you know, I was busy tomorrow, so they, uh, they're they going to do it without me. But every other day of the record, I've been present. And that's Justin Pickard? Justin Pickard, and he's got a record that's called, uh, we think the title is Heavy on the Heart. Um, Where's he from? He's, uh, he's a Dallas guy, okay. been around Dallas for a long time. I produced his last record. Uh, his last record was like... Uh, 
all live to two track tape, full band, everybody in one room, live to two track tape, which is the most nightmarish recording process I've ever gone through. But like, there's just no way like, it just sounds like this weird garage honky tonk record. And I'm proud of it. It's just, it just doesn't sound like anything else. And we kind of, we were trying to go for something more refined on this newer record that we're doing. But uh, that last one is just like, it's sort of like gloriously trashy. Are you actively seeking out more production projects? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, It's something I'm really, really into doing. Uh, I find producing my own projects, which I do also, um, is harder for me. It's harder for me to sit in a room alone and make uh, music. Um, so I do like to, to like have a big collaborative team and whatever. Are you doing this primarily from, from a home studio? Um, we did, you know, I like I don't like to record drums at my house. Um, but we did Emily's record. We did all of it at a, at a place called civil audio in Denton, Texas. And that's a, a engineer I've known for a number of years named Michael Briggs, who I really, really love. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful dude. Uh, and then we did just the drums at a studio for Justin Pickard's record. Right. Um, a place called War Room up in uh, Denison or Sherman or something. Okay. Way north of uh, of uh, Dallas. So let's also, I want to talk about songwriting. This is a technically a songwriting podcast. Now you have nine plus albums. So nine albums and then some singles, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. All right, so I have kind of jumped from album to album. Right, right, right. Over the There's last some stuff days. that you can't really get right now. There's stuff that's out of print or whatever. Right. Um, but I have made nine full lengths. <laughs> well, yeah. There's the the one that I was looking for in particular was the live album that has the um, the uh, the night I killed bubbles. Right, right, right. Yeah, that one just is 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 off of spotify and stuff now i think it's not there it's anymore. not i found it on um Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Band yeah it's I on Bandcamp. It. all my stuff's available on the Bandcamp, um just because it's 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 free to keep it there but i i have to like there are fees to keep stuff up right uh on spotify and if it's just not getting enough traffic then i'll pull, stuff, I'll pull off yeah. old stuff and and keep the new stuff up there so listening to now okay so we've played a show together um, but i've also heard you play in different Mm -hmm. areas a house show once i saw you play at south by uh i don't know when that was that was the first time i heard the 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 night i killed um maybe the last time that i ever played it too i haven't played that (laughs) it's a great song it kills a room sometimes well it's a very very interesting song (laughs) but the the point i'm making is you kind of have you're all over the spectrum mm-hmm. when it comes to genre. I try to be. And it and it works, right? It's not like so I can hear one song and then the next song is different and the next song's different right. on the album. It's a but patchwork it still for it sure. still feels good. It still yeah. feels right. I try. But there is some of it's dark. Like the um the night I killed Bubbles a Clown has almost almost a gypsy jazz feel to me. Um, there's some country, especially some of your earlier mm-hmm. things. Um, I used to play, I mean, I was playing country bars in Dallas for many, many years and I sort of had to divorce country music after, that's, uh, once we a- entered into the social media era, like I was finding that my fans would like yell for me at shows and then yell at me at, I see. on Facebook. Yeah. So. I can see how that would work out, especially now that I've kind of stepped into, um, I, well, I'm trying to be more careful. Yeah, you that. argue with everybody <laughs> on the internet, and I don't do it anymore. But and then there's a a transition that you can almost see where you went from almost I don't it's not traditional country, but there's country, right? Just, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You for have, sure. That's what I grew up listening to for sure. And then there's a transition that seems to go into kind of a folk Americana deal yeah and um rock now i mean i feel rock as well and you've been playing a lot of electric guitar at shows mm-hmm. as well that doesn't necessarily yeah i just mean rock but it just stopped listening to a lot of 
my peers, not because I don't like them, but because like, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to play shows with them. Right. Those are the people I'm going to hear their songs. Like I don't listen to them in the car much anymore. So who are you listening to? Uh, right now I'm like pretty obsessed with Regina Spector right now. I really like Regina wow, Spector. Yeah. Uh, the mountain goats are one of my favorite, favorite heard groups of, of all time. Uh, definitely check them out. Um, you know, and I, I've always liked like Tom Waits. Uh, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of Sia lately, actually. Wow, yeah. Uh, I like her stuff, but just, just, uh, St. Vincent has been a lot of St. Vincent, uh, playing. Um, so just, I mean, just, I don't know, kind of random right. stuff. Uh, I just figured I would go to the folk events and I would hear the folk music there. Um, and otherwise I was just going to try to listen to other stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of, a lot of rap lately too. uh, buck 65, one of my favorite rappers. Wow. I have not heard <laughs> I, one. I wouldn't have thought that, but two, I haven't heard a buck 65 before. Yeah. I've been like, I don't know. Like I think rap is the new folk music anyway. Like it's just, it's, it seems way more relevant. It's way better at being political. They have room for so many more lyrics than folk music does. right so that i just it's it's a vehicle for speaking your mind and so that's i love hip-hop and rap for that reason and the poetry of it just the the ability to like big complex rhymes like i'm just way into that shit right i i like rap i i'm not as much into the newer stuff just because um I don't think it's for me. I don't think it was made for me, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean I shouldn't listen to but it. I don't know, man. Like if you listen to like, it's gets, I thought for a while that the newer stuff was not as complex. And that's what I thought. And then I started listening to run the jewels and I was like, Oh wow. These guys like, like this is fast rapping and it's, it's, uh, the beats are like apocalyptic. And it's, I don't know. I just, I got into that and, I like the mood that it puts me in sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like know, you're it, just like, yeah, you're gonna get, you want to get stuff done. When yeah, you run the jewels. Well, back in the day, the mood was different though. The mood was very aggressive, and that's the mood I needed to be in because I was a meathead, right? You know, a right. meathead jock. But I do like newer rap. It doesn't seem to be as much about dominating. Uh, the next guy or being richer than the next guy. Although there right. is some of that. But yeah. I mean like that's stuff that I'm not necessarily interested in, but I, I think, you know, Kendrick Lamar and I love that guy. People yeah. are like, he's doing stuff that's truly weird. Right. And that like has, I, I don't know, like the, the art farm is still evolving where I think, uh, folk music likes to sit in that traditional kind of vein <laughs> And I, I don't want to fault it for that. But at the same time, like, I would always like things to move forward. So right. I, I would prefer to be listening to music that is con constantly moving forward so that when I go back and I write my folk songs, like, I'm dragging some of this stuff in with me, like, and just bringing this debris from this right. weird music that I'm listening to, to, to playing acoustic guitar and singing and telling stories. Well, speaking of writing folk songs and, and writing in general, you have written a few songs um, that have been covered by yeah. respected people in the, in the folk Americana world. Give us some of those folks. Because I, I know that um, Ordinary Elephant... Ordinary, recorded, you know, Ordinary Elephant a, did a one-off of, uh, of one of my tunes. Uh, they did like just a YouTube video of uh, my song Australia is is an honor, uh, especially because it was like right before like they really blew up hardcore. The, one of the last things that they did before that happened was cover one of my songs, which is cool. Um, uh, but then like uh, I'm mean, working with Rachel Laven. Uh, we have a single called Heels that should be released anytime now. Uh, and then uh, we just started another collaboration recently. Uh, the big thing that I did last year and that came out at the beginning of this year was working on uh, Alice Wallace's record. And Alice is out in uh, California, a country singer out there. Kind of Linda Ronstadt vibe. Um, and we met through Songwriter Serenade. And we just sat down and we wrote a bunch of stuff. So probably five songs on that record are uh, at least collaborations. And then she does my song Elephants, which I think 
it was played at the top of the show. It's beautiful. Yeah, her version is great as well. Yeah, I mean, well, anything that Alice sings on. If you have a if you have a choice to like write for my voice or write for Alice Wallace's voice, you write for Alice <laughs> Wallace's voice because like she's one of those people that she's like she can just ask her voice to do anything and it will be like yeah sure boss right you know well speaking of Alice I I don't know Alice but one of the things that I've noticed with you is that I can tell who you're really into songwriter-wise, um, especially ones that you've met at festivals. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, you have been on tour with, for example, Justin Farron. Yeah. Justin uh, Farron, in my mind, is maybe the best songwriter alive right now. Well, I, I, I know him from Kerrville and also um, yeah. Wildflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also won Songwriter Serenade. Right. He's won all three all of three. the Texas contests. Right. So um, I know how great he is because I also, for a very brief moment, was in a uh, songwriting group with you guys. Yeah. Um, but also I see little clips of just him throwing clips together, putting he's them on Facebook. And he is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Um, Wes Collins, you've played shows with. Oh, yeah. I love um, Wes. And Alice uh, Alice as well. Wallace, we did. We do. I do uh, California tours. I do Southern California with Alice and Northern California with Justin. Right, and it's great. Well, I can tell. I guess you've already spoken. I was going to talk to you more about Justin, but um, because I I feel like uh, you're both poets when it comes to songwriting, but also. I mean, it's We're easy just to rambling say rambling weirdos. I no, think. I don't, I don't there's no rambling. You know? It's all pretty, pretty. It's all pretty worked out. But when I say craft, and it's kind of um, uh, the songwriting group that I was talking about. I guess the name is appropriate. Song crafters because uh, the Toonsmiths. Toons- the oh, okay. Yeah, My yeah, bad. Yeah. I'm well. I'm way off then. But song crafting is is what you guys do. Uh, Wes as well. Um, Wes it may take Wes a year to finish the song and every yeah, word must is, be appropriate. As a person who was co-written with Wes Collins, it's the scariest songwriting process <laughs> I've ever seen in my life because like the way I describe it is like Wes like just sort of jumps into the middle of a lake of words and just grabs random ones and sticks them together while he's sinking and somehow manages to not die, like to swim back to the top. I don't know. It's, it's really, <laughs> but like, it, it's like it causes me anxiety to be in the same room with Wes while he's right. writing because I don't know what anything means or where it's going. Wes speaks in his own language sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's the, bizarre. It's a fun thing to watch when, um, when you have a circle of close friends that are songwriters and they share things with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Wes would do with me, it is fun to see what eventually becomes a keeper right, for because him. Because with Wes, the first draft is never even related to yeah, the last draft. Exactly. And I know that the the one word can be scrutinized for long, a long, 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 long time before it either stays or gets completely changed. Right. Um, I know that uh, there are times when uh, Anita... Uh, will have input on a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, know. they're both award-winning writers yes. living in the same house. <laughs> so it's cool to know that, you know, Anita would would uh, change a word or say, you know what, this is this word hangs on me a little right. bit. And or then, just browbeat him about it. <laughs> have you ever, I mean, you've, you've hung out with Anita before, yes. haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her so much. Like, we, like, we hang out, we talk antiques, actually, wow. she and I do. Um, well, I, that's a very talented family. I mean, I, yeah, the they're all like on, they're all artists yeah. too. Like both of their kids are visual artists. Um, his son is a musician who does video game music. Yeah. So yeah, and also um, was the uh, illustrator of of the, of the most recent album, the most the recent record. But yeah. their daughter has also done. I think some artwork on a previous record. So right. they both, you know. Oh, that is right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to meet her at uh, one of the house shows that we played in North Carolina. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to say that I've I met just, the whole family. I will just fly out to North Carolina to hang out with that family. Uh, yeah. I just love them so much. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I need to make that happen again soon. Cause I had a great time. He set up a nice little 
tour for me and and uh, Amy and Becky uh, yeah. two years ago, and that was fun to be able to finally play in North Carolina and see kind of where he comes from. Yeah. Um, all right, so I feel like I want to hear a song from you. You want to hear a song from me? I can do that. Okay. Uh, let's get set up on the mics, and then when you guys hear us next, Andrew will be playing a song. Sweet. All right. Hey, this is Jamie Harris, and you're listening to Singer-Songwriter with my friend Tom Meany. All right, Andrew. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Well, you can't see the stars in Gary, Indiana. At least not on that stage, or at least not tonight. And the streets are as cold as the looks that they gave me. I did the one about the president's wife And I'm sorry if I I get lost sometimes I'm just trying to find What makes you smile Is this thing on? this thing on well it's buzzards on blue in Barstow California got my hair of the dog where's the greyhound at cause last night they taught me why they call it Death Valley Then they paid me the door and the slots took it back And I'm sorry if I, I get lost sometimes I'm just trying to find what makes you smile Is this thing on? Is this thing fans limping here in our apartment I got back from the road now I can't meet your eyes well the sad clown cliche done washed off the makeup and now if you ain't leaving I'm wondering why and I'm Sorry if I, I get lost sometimes I'm just trying to find what makes you smile Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Love that song, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, let's get us uh, resituated here for a second. This podcast was recorded on the Roadcaster Pro, the world's first fully integrated podcast production studio. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just starting out, the Roadcaster Pro is all you will ever need. Find out more at road.com slash roadcaster pro. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that song. Let's talk about it. 
So I, I happen to know that amongst a few other things, like we're both movie buffs, even yeah. though we we have polar. I don't know taste. if it's polar now. You hate every movie that no, I love. So and I'm gonna. I love I was, every movie that you hate. I was busting your balls about the art of fighting. The art of self defense. The art of self defense. It's glorious. It was a good movie, and I believe me, I do enjoy indie dark. That was a dark comedy, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It was funny too, and I, I actually it. heard a very cool interview with um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Um, so I was busting your balls a little bit. It wasn't as bad as I wanted you to f- think that I thought it was. But, but I, I loved Midsummer yeah, this and year, and me, it and just you laughed, ruined your life. You said that you laughed yeah, through a lot of Yeah, just cackled like a crazy so person. he's laughing through a movie that, when I think about it right now, it bothers makes me you. nauseous. Like, it was <laughs> so... Uh, what is disturbing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for so sure. disturbing. And I was not... I did not do my research, so I wasn't prepared what I, about fault. what I was walking into. And uh, yeah, Ari Aster is not fucking around. <laughs> well, man. now I, I know. love that dude. Now I know. And so, amongst a few other things, another thing that Andrew and I are both uh, very fond of is stand-up comedy. Yeah. And um, so I heard this song on an album a while back that Andrew just played, and I was crushed because at the same time. <laughs> I had, um, one, I have been playing around with the idea of coming up with a few minutes of stand-up to do at an open Which mic. Which I, we had, I, we, I, we had been doing concurrently. At the same time, right. we had been doing those, having those same thoughts and both trying to write a song right. titled The Comedian. Yes. And, and actually my song was going to be called The Comedian. I right. had a little, a, a little bits and pieces of ideas. I had the very last line. Um, and then I had like a line here in a, in a verse and a line here, plus the guitar part. But, um, my motivation now for finishing that song <laughs> is diminished. <laughs> However, my motivation for it is still kind of, uh, in the back of my mind, as far as coming up with a few minutes to mm. do an open mic and, and, uh, take it from there. But you have already made that. I link. have. Yeah. I made the plunge, uh, a few months ago. Uh, I've been doing that on the regular uh down in dallas just uh just to sort of sharpen up that skill set right you know? well the the cool thing and i i had this whole plan about this interview and how we were going to talk about this and talk about this and this and this and that was going to work itself into this part about <laughs> your new um venture, desire yeah. or venture um you know you have in some of your songs some of your songs are comic i mean they're funny even uh, you know, there's such a thing as a um, a hacky, funny song mm-hmm. like that I can't stand. Yeah. But I, you know what I'm talking about yeah, with yeah. these these comedian singers and they go out on the country radio and I just I can't stand that kind of stuff. I can't take it seriously. But you have great songs that have a great message or story, but also ha- are funny. Yeah. Um. And so that's well, kind of how I wanted. Yeah. To, I wanted to kind of segue that way, but. Um, tell me about the experience of, of coming up with some material. Did it take you a long time? And then is it the same? Because you're very funny playing when you do a a music show, your banter and your stories in between songs are very funny as well. Yeah. That's kind of where this, the germ of being a standup kind of came from, uh, was, talking on stage and going, Oh, I'm comfortable doing this. But if you ever want to find out, if you are as funny as your friends tell you you are, go up on stage at a comedy club and just eat shit for five minutes. <laughs> have you have you uh, bombed? Uh, oh at yeah, this yeah, point? yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely have. Uh, uh, I have done well more often than I have bombed. I mm-hmm. think, and I've I at least have stagecraft skills from playing music that allow me to turn something that feels like a bomb and go, okay, I need to, I need to write the ship here and figure out how to get out of this and, and do that. So I have a little bit of that. Like I've been on stage for long enough, so that's good. But when you don't have the shield of the guitar, it really is a much more insecure experience. Is it different though in, okay, you've been on stage for, if you put it all together, probably years, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
um, you've been on stage uh, with a guitar, you've been on stage by yourself, you've been on stage with a band, Every, all of those things are different. Is it different to go up on stage to tell jokes with the number one purpose being making people laugh? Is it oh, a yeah, different yeah. No, type no, no, of no. nerves? It's, are you still nervous? Compl- yeah, I, I get, like, I've been drinking far too much since I started uh, doing comedy because, like, I, st- I get stage fright in a way that I haven't gotten in years. Um, and I'm, I have to come up with a better way to treat that stage fright. Um, but I don't know, like I feel comfortable on a stage. It's just the nerves before I get up there. Um, and then if I sort of lose my footing, like it crashes and burns really fast. Um, and the writing that you have to put into to doing stand up is way different than the writing you have to do for like a bit before a song mm-hmm. um, because you don't necessarily have to deliver laughs at increments to keep people's interest in that situation. Like in a, a listening room in a comedy club are vastly different environments. So it, it is, it's, it's so different. Was there so much for me more difficult because it's not what I've been doing for 10 years. Was there a bunch of research that you had to do to learn how to do this? Or uh, was it, okay, what, I know how I to Did I read be funny. articles on how to write jokes? Not really. Or not necessarily how to write jokes, but well, how I, well, to put together a set list or the difference between a no, joke and a bit. Uh, you know what I mean? No, I didn't really uh, pay much attention to that so much. It was just like I watched comedians that I admired and I was like, okay, this is what the cadence of that is. I need to do me to that cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a, a writer's night that I go to every Monday where it's all comedians in a little bar. And you get up and you do five minutes. And then for two minutes, the comedians give you notes. Uh, and that's been vastly, vastly helpful. Uh, that's run by a woman named Mana. Uh, that's just her whole name, Mana. She's a comedian out of uh, out of the DFW area, and she's fantastic. Is uh, the, she's worth looking up. Is the network there kind of like, okay, so I'm fascinated by stand-up comedy. I'm fascinated by the history of stand-up comedy. I've got all kinds of books that talk about the comedy store from way back in the day. And, uh-huh. um, is there kind of a scene in Dallas-Fort Worth where you're – hanging out with comedians a little bit yeah there is i mean like it's certainly always it's the same faces uh at at the different events around town um you know and there's i think two improvs in the uh in the dallas area Mm -hmm. and i've been to the uh i've been to the arlington improv and just these little bars that do comedy sort of as an also thing and um so yeah, you do see a lot of the same faces. I get to know people. Um, starting to get to know who I who I think is awesome. And- right. Would you say that the the feeling of having a great musical set is is it coming close? Is it anywhere near the same feeling, or are they completely different than having a musical set and the and going up on stage and killing? I guess. Uh, I'll let you know when that happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but are, is it Thus enough far, to is it enough to drive you that you really want to continue yeah doing i mean like i will say having done comedy the last couple of months and then a couple of days ago i did a, a show in houston or i just like a music show where i just knocked the room down mm-hmm. like which is i've done that a couple of times in my career i'm happy to have done that i practiced 10 years to have do, done that I, I can be proud of it. You right. know, I don't have to feel weird about it. But uh, I I don't know. It's it's a good feeling to do either one. Uh, I, I like being able at a music show to make people feel like a sort of whole gamut of emotions as opposed to, to like just trying to get laughs. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm trying to do right now is just get some kind of laughs. And so maybe I can graduate to a longer format. Right. And, and create something bigger, uh, like the comedians that I really like, you know? So you've, you've spoken openly about not 
having written a bunch of songs yeah uh recently right uh, do you feel like your artistic side is just kind of merging one it's, way or it's another just sort of leaning towards the comedy thing mm. it's more exciting right now i mean that's how i always work I right think. it's whatever i'm excited to be doing i'll i'll get into so like the last record and the last few songs i wrote after that record were all about stuff that i was like super into right um because that was how i was motivating myself to write songs instead of trying to write things that were universal i was just going to go like i love andre the giant i'm going to oh, write a man, song what a great about song andre the giant. i wanted to really talk about that a little bit too but i i'm so fascinated with um writing uh in all forms and is in particular your different um artistic avenues and so, you know, being a singer songwriter is how I met you and know you. And I believe that you're brilliant at that. Thank you. Um, producing. And I'm looking forward to hearing um, because I've heard albums, your own stuff that you produce. It sounds brilliant, but I'm looking forward to hearing Emily. And um, I again, I, I'm embarrassed, but I, I haven't heard. Um, uh, who's the other guy? Justin. Pick Justin yet. But I'm looking forward to hearing that. Um, the fact that you teach songwriting, the fact that you're a mentor at the Kerrville Folk Festival to young, you know, not necessarily young. But well, just yeah, I guess you're right. Who were there? You they know? are. They may not be young, but they may be um, just stepping foot into. For example, myself, I was young. I was old, but in you're young years. for folk music. I was old in years, but young in music yeah. of any kind. Um, but there are people like me um, that are even in you know, the thirties and forties stepping out and saying, okay, well, this is what I want to do because I have been playing guitar my whole life or, right, or writing right, right. songs, but now I kind of want to do something right. So right. you help those folks. Um, you have produced, I'm sorry, directed music videos. Yeah. And not only done that, you've been invited to a festival yeah. for that. So it's not <laughs> my, my first music video ever. I uh, I wrote a song about H.P. Lovecraft. I made a, a video that was inspired by some of his stuff, and I sent it off to the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, and they're like, yeah, sure, kid, come yeah. on up here. I mean, but that's something to be said, to be invited on your first shot. And, yeah, it was fun. Um, it was cool. So that part, of, that part of your creativity, as well as now stand-up comedy, I feel like I, you know, I wanted to talk to you and talk about all these different things that you do, because... Um, people might be super hyper-focused on the songwriting aspect, but, you know, I've talked to other songwriters who say, okay, you know, and this is, this happens all the time in, with people that are artistic, you know, you've got nine albums under your belt. At some point you're like, okay, I want to be creative in a different way. You know, it's just about being creative. I, you know, I just want to be creative in all the ways all the time. So right. like I'm kicking myself in the ass right now for not starting to record another album. And I, the last one came out like a year ago this month. And I feel like I did find, I did a thing on Facebook about it recently where I was just like, you know what? I made two other people's albums this year. I started doing stand-up comedy. I think I've, I've done a lot of stuff and I just, at some point, I just I would like to slow down, but I'm not good at it. Right. I'm not good at not. It seems like you're always doing something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again, I watch your posts on Facebook, and it seems like there every day there's something that you're getting into, or you're talking about uh, a horrific dream that you had the night before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a feature on my yeah. Facebook page. Andrew is super into. Also, I should mention he's super into horror movies. Just yes, super super into that. absolutely. Um, do you have anything uh, that you want to promote? Uh, well, uh, I mean, just my my website. I don't have any, like, I would like to promote the records that are coming right. out. So uh, Emily Barnes, Rare Birds should be coming out soon. Uh, singles out now, Careful With My Heart on Spotify, all that stuff. I'll put links to all that stuff yeah. in the, and, in the and show And Justin notes. Pickard's uh, uh, Heavy on the Heart will be coming out. Um my current record is uh, whatever still remains. Uh, it's just it just turned a year old. I'm really proud of it. It's the first time I really just sat down, did a mostly acoustic record. Right. Uh, didn't do anything weird with it. Andrew's writing is so um, I I don't I want to say dynamic, but I mean the the genres that he plays in, but also the topics that he talks about are so different. 
And it's not just every song's a love song, which seems to be what I <laughs> end up Sometimes getting to. There are love songs. The world needs that. There though, are man. love songs. But man, I got to just, let me just talk about a couple of the songs that are my favorites. And I will link to all of them. But Elephants, which is the song that I played uh, the clip at the beginning of the podcast, um, you know, that's easy to hear what the theme of the song is. Um, but this was Me Too before Me Too. Yeah, it was, it was, I wrote that song and a little bit before it broke mainstream. Now I think the hashtag existed a little bit before, but it hadn't done like this big movement that Mm -hmm. it did, uh, at the time, uh, you know, I wrote that song and then, uh, it sort of did. And it was, it was very timely in that way. I mean, like, I don't want to be proud of that. I just think I was noticing it at the same time that other people were right. And it just, I happen to be able to write the, the song, song. The song is brilliant, not only lyrically, but the simplicity in which it's uh, arranged. Mm-hmm. But what I love also, and we talked about this earlier yeah. because I, it was stuck in my head, is the cello. Yeah, Madeline Herdeman. She has a band called Mystery Loves Company out of Houston. It's brilliant. And anytime I need string work on anything, I just call Maddie. Like, she's just brilliant. Again, I'm going to put the links to all these songs, but I hope that you'll go and and not just listen to it. Give the dollar if you can. I mean, if even if you get it on Spotify, go donate a dollar on uh, iTunes or wherever you can find it. I'm sure it's on all the streaming. Yeah, sites. it's it's out everywhere. Yeah. Um, Lina mm-hmm. is a song that man. I this song is about his grandmother. It's about your grandmother and dementia. Right. Mm-hmm. And. I've heard this song before. I I was moved by it when I first heard it. But when I heard it, because I wasn't expecting, I, I didn't know what was going on the first time I heard it, right? I, I didn't get the intro or any like, anything like that. So I got to hear it as it was happening, and it was moving me as it was happening. But then um, I saw you at New World Deli. A yeah, couple months ago, together, this yeah. was before oh, it was okay. like a couple weeks before you had played with some other folks. And, um, so he starts to play the song. Now I know what the song's about. And I even was kind of prepared to hear this song, but man, I had to keep myself from losing composure <laughs> in the middle of new world Delhi, which is fully lit place. It's not like it's, um, it's really dark and a place where you can just break down and, uh, and be um, safe from people seeing yeah, you. Yeah, I, I just making grown people cry. It's really, it's <laughs> it's a goal of mine it's in a, my life. It's a beautiful song, but the the idea of the time machine is like, why doesn't this guy write movies? I mean, it's such an interesting. You know, I don't have the patience, concept. I think, to write movies, but I want to. Is it safe to say that song was kind of like put you over the top for Serenade? Was that uh, your final song? I, I, it was. Okay. It was. Uh, I mean, not know, I that. Got, not to I discount got whatever. I fantastic reviews from the judges for it. Uh, like I kept a photo of Susan Gibson's judge sheet because nice. It just said, "Give him all the prizes." On <laughs> her sheet, so I was like proud of that. Well, and I hope that anyone listening will check out Lina. Um, then there's Groove On, and the reason I picked that song as one of my favorites is one, it was written for his daughter. Um, but two, it was the first time I heard you play a song that was not kind of in the folk feel, uh-huh. right? Um, it's very much kind of a modern country sound. Um, and he's in this song, he's talking about his daughter and dating and, and things that that kind of entails. Yeah, it was it was me trying to attack the Nashville formula as a tool to write something that I wanted to write. Right. Super... Uh, hooky though i mean and it, yeah it, and it, it was definitely it nashville. wasn't about talking trash about the nashville writing style it was about taking that and going okay i want to apply this to my life i want to make one of these type of songs that i feel is relevant right i mean there's something to be said with the nashville writing style a lot of people outside of it will talk trash right but there is you know, there is something to be said about it. It is. Hook- yeah, I they mean, are people are songs. lining up to like, quote unquote, sell out to do that stuff. And like, I would do it. I just I, mean, I think to be able to just be a songwriter and live, I think that it's, I think it's a worthy pursuit. Right. 
And sometimes you have to write what is around and what is going to get you paid. I don't necessarily fault people for that. Yeah, I mean, there's space for everything. Yeah. I mean, there's space for Tom Meany to sing uh, whatever the hell Tom Meany sings in a house show, right? Right. But then there is an entire part of the country that when they get in their car to drive to their job every right. morning at 7, they want to hear something that is hooky it's just and makes them feel good. unchallenging so that you can just sort of drink a beer and shake your ass or drive to work and right. knowing that you're about to go into the hell of your life. Right. right. And just, you don't have to think too much about it. It's happy. It makes you feel good or, or it's kind of like the same thing as eating a cheeseburger. Right. right. And, and I think, I think that we can hide as songwriters, we can hide deeper meaning inside the drive to work, shake your ass music. Right. And that's, that's, that's really all I wanted to do with that song. My next, uh, choice was seven wonders, which you briefly talked about before. And yeah. uh, I remember the first time I heard this and, um, this is about Andre the giant. Now, yes. He's a my lot childhood of our, hero. Yeah. Uh, I had perfect love for Andre the giant. Uh, I still think he's amazing. That documentary came out last year, uh, that I loved. And I actually pitched this song to that documentary when I heard they were making it. Uh, but never could, never could get anything to come out of it. Right. But well, it's a shame. I know. It, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of that song. <laughs> I'm really proud of that song. Yeah. It was a thing that I thought nobody was going to be interested in. And then I started playing it at shows. And it was one of the things that was getting response. And I love it when I write something that feels weird. And then the weirdos come and talk to me. Yeah. Well, you it's know? good because not the, the entire world doesn't know who Andre the Giant was. Because... Right. You had to have lived at a certain time right. to be in that whole WrestleMania thing around yeah, the Hulk Hogan times and the Andre the Giant times, which I happen to have right. lived. So we I were right I, around, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I feel where you're coming from, but then the fact that you, when you, especially when you talk about when you when you tell the story about the song at performances, you know, you're talking about you know the difficulty for him just to freaking just to fly live. someplace, yeah. You know, um, so that's a brilliant one. Um, the Night I Killed Bubble the, Bubbles the Clown. We don't talk about that song. Oh, it's such a good one. Well, we don't have to talk about it, but <laughs> yeah, I will no. say that I Ronnie love that Cox song. Ronnie Cox has been doing that song lately. You, you've mentioned that. And then, um, is that the guy? He's the, uh, is, he's he's the, the villain singer guy. Robocop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> yes, that's right. But he's an actor and a, and a folk singer. Uh, he's in Deliverance and Robocop and Total Recall. And Please listen to this song. This is, um, you <laughs> know, you clowns already clowns already there. are kind of a horrifying thought for me. But also, the, it, it's, a, it's a dark, it's funny song. It's years old. Like, it was really, like, the first thing I, I did that really started getting people to pay attention to me. Right. Uh, and then, of course, as all songs like that are, it just haunts me. i love it i I mean the first time i heard it was at the outdoor you were doing a south by southwest uh outdoor gig and i came and saw you and and i thought that one was standout great um not in my house is the song that one of the songs that i heard you play at kerrville 2015 yeah um it stood out to me um because i like that it's pointing well it's it's making you think about something this is in 2015 that now a lot of us are uh, thinking more about today um but it's it's got a um element of um um calling out prejudice or homophobia yeah uh-huh. uh i think it's a beautiful song the comedian which you've already played and we've already talked about the backstory there which i i completely hate you for that um but i'm glad that it was done and um uh rise and shine okay and the reason yeah. i bring that up is because the the backstory to it is fascinating to me i mean uh, yeah that was a thing that like it was uh it came about with a conversation with uh with wes actually uh where we were talking i can't remember what it was we were just saying weird things back and forth to each other and one of the weird things that was said i can't remember what it was but it sparked me to like remember this science article that i had read years before about this this plant that had gone extinct and they found uh one of its seeds in like a sealed ceramic jar uh from it was two thousand years old and essentially 
they managed to grow this extinct plant from its from this saved seed. It's a form of a date palm. Yeah, right? yeah. like the Judean date palm. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, and there's some biblical links to it and whatever. And then I would tell that story on stage, but, I, you know, just in conversation, it feels really awkward to just like spit out my stage story. I don't right. do that. <laughs> You know, well, but look it up I mean, like, to give you kind of that. I mean, I, I chose those. They are some of my favorites, but I wanted to give you kind of a, the people that are listening an understanding of um, the way he thinks, um, because I can't imagine I can't think of anyone else that might maybe Justin might have that may have come into his mind. At yeah, some if point. you listen to Toad Song by Justin Farron, that's another thing uh, that one of my friends saw him play. And he was like, the difference between me and that guy is I walk into my backyard and I see a toad, and that's it for me. Right. <laughs> and he walks out in his backyard, and he sees a toad, and he writes the most beautiful song. Right. I'll make sure to leave a, a link to Justin, too, because I know that he's someone that you admire, but you're also friends with him. Yeah. Um, and I can tell just by uh, your banter back and forth on Facebook that you have admiration for his songwriting and all yeah. that. And I know that he's a good guy. I've met him a few times yeah, myself. Yeah. Uh, so I want you people to check that out as well um andrew delaney.com i'm assuming andrew delaney music.com uh, see delaney i could have definitely screwed music.com just edit that part out and, <laughs> and you're on all like you you're on all the spotify's and itunes and uh yeah, yeah you can find me via and just searching my name on spotify and amazon anything to say to the young singer songwriter that might be listening um, in you know Nevada? find something else to do <laughs> no you know I don't know. Just, just make art. Like it's a time where we need good art. Um, but it's a time where we won't pay you for it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to get over that. I don't have that solve yet. Right. You know, but people have to make it. Like, I just, I just want people to keep making stuff. Just make stuff every day, you know, make stuff every day. There you go. Andrew Delaney. Thanks my friend. <laughs> thanks Tom. I'm so happy that you came here and uh, yeah, it's fun. We'll do this again sometime. I put an orchestra in your head every time you go to bed. Let that sweet, sweet melodies blow your scary. ATOM, Buda.